in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. These are the stories of the Word becoming flesh, of God entering into our world. The stories of the men and the women who beheld the birth of a fragile human life. Born into a world of injustice, oppression, corruption, violence, and confusion. But the birth of a king who would cause shepherds, family, followers, and kings alike to confess. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Merry Christmas, Grace Commons. Really uh, glad to be with you tonight. Uh, when I was with you on Sunday, I mentioned that um, my family always reads the Christmas uh, story before we open our gifts on Christmas morning. And I get to read a part of that story um, tonight to start from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Oftentimes, we don't remember or even pay, really pay attention to that the story that we know of how Jesus was born actually is sort of a, uh, an interlocking of the opening chapters of Matthew and the opening chapters of the Gospel of Luke. And I'm just going to read uh, the first uh, several verses from Luke chapter 2. Let's start there. So in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone, shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the, angels, um, with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those 
on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them around this child, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. Friends, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that in light of the story that has been this year, that still we get to hear the story today of your coming in the flesh. Lord, there have been so many ways that we've been reminded um, in 2020 that the world uh, still is a place that exhibits sometimes more darkness than light. Certainly a reminder of how much in need we are still of a Savior. And how much we still need to have the truth of the Savior planted deeply in our hearts. So I pray, Lord, that that would be part of what happens tonight. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. For you are our Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I, I wonder um, what detail is most important to you in the Christmas uh, and the birth story. What is the part that you, when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that part just resonates with me. I, I really, really uh, love that part. That's important to me. Is it, is it the Magi that we talked about just this past Sunday, if you were able to join us? Was it the fact that they had to travel um, sort of as out-of-towners? Out of um, is, is it the star or the angels or the manger or the swaddling cloths, what is it? What's the, what's the biggest thing for you? You know, one of the things that I, um, that I often wonder about, actually, is uh, those shepherds. I just I wonder what they were doing before the nights were just broke open like that. I wonder if you've ever sat around a fireplace camping or something like that, and you, you have those kinds of conversations that you almost never have, and you, you begin to wonder, what is, what's God like? Even those who aren't so sure that there is a God, they sometimes around a campfire with the stars overhead are willing to sort of engage in that question. What is God like? Sometimes. We think that um, God is, is angry, punishing, that he stands far off and he points and he accuses. 
sometimes our culture and society and um, all the content that we get in lots of different places, including uh, movies and other um, kinds of video, they seem to enforce this idea, reinforce this idea that God and those who want to be closest to him are, are really filled with vindictiveness and meanness and anger. Some of us, we think uh, God just is kind of far off, distant. If God is involved in us at all, it is in sort of a, a vaguely interested from on high sort of way. But tonight, what we get to do tonight, the, the, this worship, the story of who God is and who God has revealed himself to be actually sort of pulls away against all of those very sort of natural expectations that we might have. What we get to see actually today is something very different This God is not pulled away or distant and is not a punishing or an angry God. Instead, this God is simply and intimately invested in this story of the life that you're living and that I'm living. Again, he's not angry. He's not waiting to punish you or hurt you. In fact, quite the opposite. What we see is um, that, that God... God is available. One of the passages that always means Christmas for me actually is this passage from Colossians chapter 1. I want to read it to you very briefly. This is Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. And the Apostle Paul is writing to a church about the meaning of Jesus. And this is what uh, he says. For he, the Lord has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The son, this Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So what is God like? Well, this is a story that we often forget, but it's actually, this is a rescue story. And one of the things that we so often forget in the hubbub of our life and just trying to sort of make things work and uh, make ends meet and make those appointments and finding the Zoom number, all those things, we forget actually that, that we need rescue before Christ, before we knew Christ, we needed rescue. We, were, we found ourselves stuck and we were sort of uh, in, a, in a place of darkness from which we could not escape under our own power. We were powerless. We were enslaved to a, to a kingdom and a spiritual location of, of death and darkness and we could not get out. And God does not stand far off and say, you get what you deserve. God does not sort of have his eyes somewhere else as we found ourselves in the depths and in the darkness. No, instead, friends, what we celebrate today, what that passage said simply is this. He has come to rescue us and bring us with him into the dominion of his kingdom. He came to rescue us. That's what we are declaring on this day. 
And the thing that's so important about this particular day, actually, is it's just one simple thing that maybe you've forgotten. Rescue. We can't do it when we're far off. Rescue cannot happen. You can't be rescued by someone who's far away from you. They need to come near to you. When I was a youth pastor, I had a student. I was a junior in high school when, I, um, when he first qualified to be um, and somehow in the leadership of Search and Rescue. And there were certain days and shifts when he had a radio on. And uh, it didn't matter what I might have been teaching about, you know, American literature. That radio went off. He had to go. He had to go search and rescue. He knew that he could not do that from my classroom. He actually had to go. If you've ever been at a pool in the summer and you've, um, you've seen the lifeguard that's there, sort of right at the edge, ready to rescue. No lifeguard worth his or her salt when they're supposed to be ready to dive in is hanging out at the snack shack. It just doesn't happen. If you ever hurt yourself on the, on the ski slopes, ski patrol does not stand at the base of the mountain and shout up to you how to fix yourself and come down. No, they come to you. And do you know why? Because rescue requires presence. This is what today celebrates. That Jesus has come in the flesh. He is the very image of the invisible God. And he has come to rescue us. The son is that image of the invisible God. There's a, a friend I have. And he started his, uh, his career after high school working um, in the special forces of the Air Force. And his job in those special forces as a pararescue was to go wherever a pilot was downed to rescue them. Behind enemy lines, in a, in a pit of, of danger, body broken and damaged and unable to move by themselves, the pararescue would come to them. Friends, that's not a bad image of understanding what Jesus has done here. He's come in and he's, he's dropped himself in behind enemy lines. And all those people, search and rescue, ski patrol, lifeguard, pararescue, this is what they know. Rescue requires presence. You cannot do it from afar. If you're going to save, you have to show up. And this is what Jesus is doing when he comes in the flesh. This is what he's doing. He sees the predicament that we are in. He understands that we find ourselves stuck. And the only way to rescue us is to show up. I don't know, friends, maybe like um, those shepherds that I, that I sort of made up this pretend story, maybe you've wondered what God is like. Maybe you're, um, you're at a spot where it just feels like God is distant or angry, or unaware. But friends, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, ponder Jesus. 
And the first thing we discover today, the first thing that we celebrate on this day, on his birthday, is that he is willing to come to us. That he's willing to give his presence that we might know salvation. He's willing to come that we actually might have life and have it to the full. Friends, this is the story of Christmas Day. A rescue has begun and in fact carries on today for you and for me and for us. He's come that you might also be rescued. Have you called out for help? Why not tonight? Let's worship God.